Corona Diaries. E diary ye COVID. Di COVID arforanga. E diary ye COVID. Di poko chachicha Corona. The stories behind the mask. The stories after the mask. The stories behind the mask. Izinda ba ngemuba we mask. Amabali emva we mask. Di kanaka lojo si pipa ukumulo. Dumelang, Mowen, San Bonani, and Kuyamora Mzanzi. Welcome back to another episode of Corona Diaries. I am Jermaine Chetia, and I am the host for the final episode of our current season. Yes, that's right. After an exciting and content-packed season full of stories about life in South Africa in the times of COVID-19, it is time to say goodbye for now. In the season so far, we have given you glimpses into the homes of our reporters because it is from these spaces that they tell personal stories about the pandemic. In episode one, they shared sounds from their neighborhoods and asked their friends and family to comment on the Corona Diary series. In episode two, they told stories in the first person about their own experiences of the pandemic. And now, for this final episode, we listen to some interviews that they conducted with family and friends about the lessons that they learned from life in the time of COVID-19. You can reach out to us at any time. Visit our social media page and interact with us there. Follow us on Twitter at Rhodes underscore JMS. Remember to include the hashtag, hashtag JMS50 in your post. If there is one lesson we have all learned over the past two years, it is the importance of being able to depend on support from the people we love inside our own homes. And when they are the ones who become ill, it's the thought of losing them that can be overwhelming. This is how Trelani Ngala's family felt when he was on the receiving end of the novel coronavirus in 2021. Reniso Ngubane spoke to him about this experience and asked him about what kind of symptoms he showed and also how he dealt with the after effects he faced when he finally won the battle against the virus. Uh, my name is Kulani, name Nala. I was born and raised in Tiplu Soweto. I currently live in Grahamstown, Eastern Cape, and I'm a student uh, in Rhodes University. For most people, symptoms are mild and only a few have been said to experience severe ones. Statistics by the World Health Organization say that only one in a hundred thousand may experience severe symptoms. I had experienced flu symptoms for only two days and then after that I went to go test for the COVID at our campus uh, clinic. They tested me and then five days later they called me and then told me that Kolani, you have tested positive for COVID-19. The results are back and what we're going to need to do now is to put you in isolation very quickly. A runny nose and I was breathing fine. Because before, it was a runny nose and uh, I was coughing a bit. Even in places where there are serious and heavy means of fighting the virus, it is always looking and searching for its next victim. Uh, considering the fact that I'm a student and I am at a lot of places most of the time, public spaces where there are other students too, you know, like the library, I'm not too sure about where I contracted the virus. Even if you have won the battle against this virus, that does not necessarily mean that we have ultimately won the war. The ruins that are left behind are more devastating to rise from. I was confirmed that I'm okay. I can go back home. I tested negative. Two weeks after that, I started getting sick. Uh, My heart was pumping fast. I couldn't breathe properly. My mom in Soweto decided to call an ambulance for me while she's at home. Uh, they told me that, uh, okay, 
you're having a heart attack. I was, I was shocked. I was scared. And then they told me that uh, they're going to have to take me to a hospital and then they can do some further checks and see what's wrong because there might be blood clots and even blockages in my respiratory system. And when I go to Green Acres Hospital, they run the tests and told me that you have a scar in your heart. It was caused by COVID-19. Fear is in our DNA as humans. Death is one of the two inevitable things in life. Yet humans fear it more than anything. They seemed very afraid of me, you know. Uh, they didn't want to spend more time with me or like shake hands with me like we used to, you know. But then I understand. I understand completely. Reporting live from the Africa Media Matrix building, Kunisongubani, Makanda. Corona Diaries. E diary ye COVID. The COVID are foreign. E diary ye COVID. Something else that we found out during the time of the pandemic is how difficult it can be to know when we should give up on our freedom to choose for the sake of safety. The lockdown restrictions that were implemented by President Cyril Ramaphosa were often hard to accept. Ruerti Somala spoke to some of his friends and family and asked them how they dealt with these restrictions. In the areas with the highest rate of infection, beaches and public parks will be closed for the duration of the festive season from the 16th of December to the 3rd of January. Even though South Africa was number 29 of countries that recorded the number of COVID-19 cases. This affected the country's economy badly. Restrictions needed to be put in place to prevent the spread of this virus. Hi everyone, um, my name is Luzuki Sogom. I'm doing my second year um, at Rhodes and I'm staying in Slovo. Um, so I decided to, uh, to take part in this survey because I feel like it's important for people. It's helping people to get to know um, what other people thought about the restrictions that were placed by our government. Luzukiso feels like some of the restrictions that were put in place were unnecessary. He didn't see their effectiveness. I could tell from the seriousness of his face that he really didn't see the need for some of these restrictions. I still don't understand why we had KFU at 9 and why we had KFU at 12. Like, what's the difference? Because, like, COVID-19, like, it's always here. What does it mean if we're going to say we're going to have a curfew at nine like what's the importance of that because COVID-19 like is always there people are moving around with the COVID-19 COVID-19 is deadly to people at 5 p.m the same it is deadly to people at 11 p.m so I did not understand the logic of putting a curfew in terms of uh, protecting people from getting COVID-19. As I was sitting on a chair facing my friend and hearing him talk about how he feels about some of the restrictions that were put in place to minimize the spread of this virus, I realized that people have different views on everything. Some would say a completely different thing from what my friend said. It is important that we still practice the necessary measures that have been put in place. Although the restrictions have been relaxed, we are still living in a pandemic. The pandemic did not only create restrictions for normal day-to-day activities, it also enforced restrictions on personal relationships with family and friends and financial situations for most individuals. Each one of us has a story to tell about how our lives have changed because of COVID-19. For some of us, these changes were minor. But for others, like Anoka's friend, the pandemic has turned the world upside down. 
This happened to Rhea Padiachi when both of her parents lost their jobs. She shared her story with our reporter, Anoka Lachmia. The fall of the privileged is a take unheard of in the context of COVID-19. It is, however, a prevalent issue in the upper-class communities of South Africa. A close friend of mine has experienced a fall such as this. Her relationship with her finances and family has grown tumultuous as a result of COVID-19. Through her accounts, Rhea details the distressing reality that she was forced to transition herself into as a result of COVID-19. I would say that the life I lived prior to the context of COVID-19 was extremely privileged. I never really had any trouble with admitting that because my parents raised me to value what I had in case it fell away, which it evidently did. Um, COVID was really hard on us. It had a huge impact. I went to a private school in one of the wealthiest areas of Durban, and that's actually where I'm from. I lived in a six-bedroom house. My parents had high-paying jobs, and between my brother and I, we shared around eight devices. My parents weren't born into wealth, like necessarily, and so they worked hard to kind of achieve everything that they did. My privilege felt earned in some sense because of that. And I felt it was due to me in some sense. I didn't realize that I had taken it for granted. Rhea began to experience a financial strain as the pandemic escalated, which was something that she was unaccustomed to. Both my parents lost their jobs during the peak of the pandemic. And at first I was in shock as I really never like gave my parents' jobs much thought. I never thought that they would be at risk of actually being unemployed. But I just relied on their income and never really thought that there would be a time in which both of them would be unemployed. It took me a while to actually register that the implications of them losing their jobs would be extremely harsh. And that's what they've dedicated their lives to avoid hardship. You know, it just proves that not everything is guaranteed in the sense that they've been working towards wealth their entire lives. And for something as simple as a pandemic to hit and we crash so hard. What made this fall in finances more disastrous to Rhea was her extending family's refusal to help. I expected my entire family to jump at the opportunity to help us when we were struggling. Nobody offered any help to us financially, even though they were quite capable of doing so. And at first I thought it was because my parents just didn't ask them, but even when my when my father explicitly asked my uncle for help, he came up with an excuse as to why he couldn't. And this felt sort of like a betrayal. And it definitely changed our family dynamic, especially because people would come to us when they were struggling financially and we were always quick to help. And nobody kind of gave us that benefit of the doubt. COVID-19 has brought to light many classist ideologies and forced people to experience the kind of hardship that they were not even aware existed. Whilst not all privileged people are ignorant to the economic turmoil that many have lived in prior to COVID-19, it is difficult to say whether they had any empathy for those struggling. Rhea Padiachi is one such person who was forced by COVID-19 to feel its effects in more ways than one. She has discerned that the loss of her privilege through COVID-19 has not only affected her physical means to live, but also shattered her family dynamic. Each of the people who shared their stories in this episode have spoken about what they have learned from living through the pandemic. 
And there's no doubt that the pandemic has been an eye-opener for all of us. Let us hope that we will carry these lessons with us, even when life returns to some kind of normal. We have come to the end of Season 5 of Corona Diaries. But we'll be back soon with another content-packed new season with new stories and new voices. So this is not goodbye. It is a see you next time. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening on Twitter by following Rhodes underscore JMS. Hashtag JMS50. From myself, Jermaine Chetia. Goodbye. Corona Diaries. E diary e COVID. Di COVID ar foranga. E diary yo COVID. Di buku chachicha corona. The stories behind the mask. The stories after the mask. The stories behind the mask. Is in daba le mumba we mask. Amabali emva kwe mask. Di kanekalo chusipipa ukumulu.